Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. What's up, Mikey? How you doing this morning, hey, man? I'm doing great. Doing great this morning. I uh, I love the fact that we're out there, like on Instagram. Did we ever do TikTok? Do you like you? Because I think you said you've done some TikTok messaging too, right? Do we have like yeah, a handle no, out I, there? No, I, and I don't know how that whole thing works. No, so we're officially the show's on Instagram. That's probably our number one. We have Twitter. That's probably number two. And then I have uh, at uh, Stay Sober Today. Um, that's a Twitter account, about 4,000 followers. I mean, we're, we're probably connected with, you know, probably if you total everything up, 15,000, 13,000 folks. Um, wow. But in, just, Instagram's our Irish, number one. It's, it's just my Irish relatives. That really has nothing <laughs> No, totally. The then, then, then we've got some, you know, YouTube. You know, we probably get 25 listeners a week on YouTube. Uh, so we're out there in social media, but we're not experts. You know, we don't have a budget, right? So it's, uh, and we're not very creative, you know, so take that. Yeah, so take that. It is what it is. You know, it is what it is. You know, we aren't trying to be Joe Rogan. No, no, you know? we're, free, we're a few listeners behind him. Yeah, um, yeah so, totally. So, hey, I dragged, I dragged a friend along today. I know. I love that. You know, you know what I was thinking? Cause, uh. CJ's here in the coffee shop. And you know what I'm thinking? We don't do this alone. No, right. You know, I, I spent right. so many alcoholic years alone. And, and I could be in a bar with other people, and I was alone. And yeah, right? I could be huh. in my condo or my basement or wherever I was drinking. When I had a bottle, I was alone. When I didn't have a bottle, I was alone. And and that's why, man, we just don't do this alone anymore. So CJ, welcome, man. It's great to have a table for three, and you know, love it. It's a it's a pleasure to be here, and you are a hundred percent accurate. There is uh, isolation. Uh, what is the opposite of uh, 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 sobriety or isolation is connection, and that's what we right. need to create in our lives is that connection again to reality discovering ourselves right that's what this whole thing is ultimately about is you getting to know you and being honest with yourself and uh at least for me i certainly wasn't i was running away from all sorts of stuff and uh so yeah so i love that yeah. so so as i think of the word isolation right and i just wrote down isolation drew an arrow to connection you know as as i thought about isolation my fuel for isolation was my shame Amen. I hated who I was, and I was shameful for how I was acting and behavior, and so I would I, I would hide. I, I didn't want anybody to see it. I didn't want myself to see it, so I drank, drank, drank. I would just go comatose because I just couldn't function with myself. I was so oh, shame, and, guilt, all those fun words. And for myself, yeah. I, I worked my life in the restaurant industry, so we celebrate it. So you have this weird connection of being connected with all these people for eight hours a day, 10 hours, mm -hmm. whatever you do in your shifts, you hang out. But then for a lot of us uh, who are alcoholics in the business, our, our 
people that we drink with don't really see it because it's what happens after we have the the friends and we leave and we have that right, because right. a lot of us are so good at the isolation and hiding it and working inebriated and celebrating that within uh, the uh, the business that I've spent in uh, sometimes that it's uh, for people that they're then alcoholics. It goes uh, from a good time to a really, really bad time in a real hurry. And you can be uh, left uh, in it, celebrated, able to be it um, easier because you're surrounded by people that drink. It's what you do for a living. You sell it. So yeah. you got another headache today. Hey, have another, you know. Have another yeah, one of right. Get, right, know? right. Well, you know the thing that the thing that jumped out at me was discovering yourself. You know, when when you said that at the beginning, and and I frankly, and I think Glenn touched on this a little bit. I didn't want to. I knew enough about myself that I didn't like. I didn't want to discover more about yeah. myself that I that I wasn't going to like. I mean, I had I saw the preview, and and I didn't like what I was seeing, and and so. Right, I would try and I would try and back out of that relationship with myself, you know, and and boy, when you when you walk into community then and people start asking you about you and and at first I remember early days in the program like don't talk about me man because because I ain't pretty, you know. It it ain't a pretty story. And uh but the more but the more that we do this together, the more I realize that and and this was a hard one for me to swallow that we were we were wired for community. We were wired for Connection. fellowship. Yep. Amen. And, and it just went goes against my grain. So yeah, well, so anyways, you know, I have to jump in and, and real quick. So I was at a conference this yeah. week, a work conference, <clears throat> and I like I'm hyper aware. First of all, I used to be the guy that go to the conference with a. I wouldn't go to the bar. I would have a bottle of vodka in my backpack, right? So I would just oh, go to the right, bathroom right. stall and and have my cocktail, right? But yeah, there's is it's so obvious at these conferences, like the different stages of folks. Like like some are rookie drinkers. They're like, hey, at a conference, I'll, I'll go, and everybody's got happy hours. There's five different happy hours you can go to every oh, night, sure. and then a dinner, and 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 so you you see people that kind of aren't drinkers but get caught up in the moment, right? So they're you know, I call them the rookies, right? And then you, you you see the the ones at 10 a.m. You know they're up you know they're up at the bar upstairs grabbing a quick drink and then going back to the conference right right and it was right. funny like the, the the last day I mean I was out till 11 o'clock for dinner and which was so late for me I'm usually in bed at eight but I was out at you know 11 o'clock and I sat at a table of six people I mean there were probably 10 drinks each at that table and I'm, you know, I'm sober. Um, and that's hard. I mean, that's yeah. work for me to sit with a bunch of drunk people. God, that's hard. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. you know, and the next day I had, you know, three meetings lined up that all three bagged out because they were hung over. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at the conference floor eating breakfast at eight o'clock, right. Up in, uh, you know, shining, ready to roll. You know, and it's just amazing how how booze and the world and the world, and the world didn't the world didn't show up for you. It, like you were no, there for the didn't. world, and the world didn't show up for you. No, but I was there, and and I felt good. I got stuff done. I had one or two good connections that I didn't have planned. That's how this stuff works, man. Stuff works out. Well, and it's amazing. Along that same trip, the reason we got in this connection, and I came here is a little post I wrote on uh, Facebook of my journey. 
through uh, my sobriety and being in the business, uh, getting out of the business, having my bottom, trying to transition out, realizing this is what I've done for my whole life, going back to serving booze, being sober, working that out, being okay, and then four and a half years I'm in, I'm at a new position, wow, and they needed to write a wine list, which is I'm a sommelier. I'm a professional drunk. Um, Are you really? Oh, yeah. I am. I'm a, that's the other thing. Wow. I built. I literally built my alcoholism into my career, and I became a, literally a professional drunk so that I could justify that's, that's, it even God, more. God, that's, that's smart. That's impressive. I was, it's I, impressive. Yeah, totally. I was right? really, I, you know, I handed it to myself. I, if you're going to do it, become a professional, and I did. All right, and, so today, are, are, are you that today? Uh, well, it, technically, it never goes away. I have the knowledge. I love it. What has happened to me is I have gone from numbing myself to that past, to that part of I spent mm -hmm. 30 years, I'm 57 at least, in fine dining, uh, fine wine events, loving uh, those things, those experiences, and then you hit your bottom. And, and for me, I rejected my past i felt bad about it i scorned it i didn't look at it i didn't i moved from michigan to illinois uh while i was still and alcoholism got sober here but going back to the place i had lived for 30 years was never going to happen because it was all wrapped in the taste of alcohol it was all all of those relationships were were in the restaurant industry and so are you in the business are you in the business now cj yep. i mean are you uh, yep. yeah i'm still in i'm uh um yep i'm still in so but uh so are you still a wine taster no i don't i don't taste anything anymore i'm not sure if i could even do that if i i i just think my my brain would turn on if i had a sip the most i've ever do is i do like the taste i'll do non-alcoholics uh zeros and that uh -huh. stuff because i do i'm one of those geeks that likes it i have a heck of a palate i was very good at what i did uh, but I have no, de you know, I don't go back into it. I can still describe it. I've finally gotten to the point I can hang out with the table and talk about all the stories and the great stuff about wine and not Without have any desire to drink. But right. it took four and a half years, and I don't advise it if you can get out, if you're in the industry and you get sober and you can transition out. God bless you. Get out. I mean, it's not, I'm not by any means saying that I would advise that but it's right. what i did i i, I no i totally choice. get it i mean i know a guy that owns a bar he's sober yeah yeah right, right. i'm like wow that's you know yeah. but but that's amazing and i've i've done some non-alcoholic beers heineken zero i've never tried the wine the i call that welch's grape juice the wine's horrible i did is it's, it's, it's well, horrible. i call I it mean, welch's I, mind you i don't drink it a lot but the ones i have had it's not <laughs> It's, it's a it's it's just, an effort. <laughs> it's well, and it's not it, it's not comparable. It's a, now if you approach it as a different thing. Yeah. But if you compare it to, it's not even in the ballpark. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, now I won't so, have to try so let's, it. Let's go back to your Facebook post for a while. So you yep. for a minute, you did you did this Facebook post, and it really struck me. I, it was a well written. It's not long. It was a well written piece that that I really connected to. Um, my daughter uh, turned me on to it. She goes, you got to read this. And, you know, and, and I did, and I'm glad I did. And you want to share that? And maybe yeah. let's uh, just spend a couple minutes uh, unpacking yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, if I get a bit weepy, this uh, hit like a ton of bricks. So forgive me if I do. That's all right, uh, man. 
That's what it is, right? It is what it is. Nothing wrong with that. So here we go. I have written a wine list for my new job. This has been a fascinating experience for this alcoholic. Four years and change since I've drank and probably eight since I've compiled a list, but it needed to be done and I had the ability. I was a bit anxious, but I had been working in the biz for years sober, so what the hell. What came out of it was a healing I never expected. In talking to new wine reps, I was brought back to all the amazing people I have encountered through the years in wine service, and for the first time, they were not wrapped in the flavor of wine. Instead, I felt a deep, deep connection to the positive friendships, camaraderie, and human interaction in a pure place, a loving space. I had lost all these experiences, relationships, muffled them out to separate drunk from sober. I could not separate all the great times I've had in the biz from the bottom. I now can. I can stand in those memories and experience the humanity and not taste the booze. I feel a 10-ton weight lifted that I did not know I was carrying. Healing is a process. It can come at odd times. For the first time in my sobriety, I look forward to coming back to Michigan. I want to walk into my old work and see people who know me, visit all those people who are so special to me. 30 years of my life, I had basically numbed myself from looking at, so I wrote a wine list, and it gave me back a huge chunk of my soul. It works if you work it, one day at a time. Wow, that's beautiful, and so relatable. You know, I had I had such a hard time. <laughs> the program teaches that sometimes, sometimes pay, pay pay attention to the words. Sometimes you have to change your play, places, people, or playgrounds, right? right. And uh, it doesn't say you always have to. It just says sometimes, and and sometimes like like for example, and I and I the one line I hung on is wrapped, you know, and I rephrased it for myself. That I was a wrap. Everything was wrapped in liquor, right? So so. You know, the, the the holidays, you know, was a time to stand around the island and everybody was wrapped in alcohol. You know, and we, we, I love that because that's what it was. But underneath that wrapping is the core person. I mean, I, I'm still the same person. I, I, I possessed a lot of those good qualities. Look, the alcohol produced a lot of bad qualities, but I'm the same person. And and point being, they're the same person. They're, they're a person underneath their alcohol wrap, you know? And well, I just came to a greater appreciation from your post. Well, and for me, it was that the alcohol didn't make me. Right. That, that those relationships weren't the alcohol that made the relationships. The relationships were humans relating as humans. And, right. um And it was, and there is beauty in the wine business. There is people who don't drink and there is a history and there is this wonderful stories and these fantastic things. Uh, and to be able to do something mundane, uh, the point of it for me, and I was trying to explain to a friend is you never know when it's going to happen. And people right. had told me that in early sobriety. Once I got past my pink bubble and I had come down and people said, just keep going keep trudging you know right. and because i wanted to do it i was done i was really done and so if you really mm -hmm. want to do it and you're smart enough to listen to some people and do as best you can the miracles will happen and they will happen at weird times yeah Just i really like what 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 um one of the things i pulled out was healing is a process right 
so many times, you know, I hear people reference a lightning bolt, you know, and they're like, you know, hey, I was in my first night of rehab and I was kneeling by my bed and, and you know, you know, I got a lightning bolt from God and I walked out of there and I was perfect ever since. First of all, I don't believe them. Second of all, what, what, what I've learned from, from working with people around here, um, you know, in, in the sober rooms is it is a process. It takes time. And I love what you said. First of all, trudging. First of all, I hate the word trudging. I like things easy. You know, I like things smooth. I like things, you know, that's why I don't go hiking. That's why I don't go exercise. I, I, I just don't like that stuff. To me, it's a chore. Trudging is a, you know, just like, you know, in, in the promises, they, they use the word. If we are painstaking, I hate painstaking. Right. You know, I want smooth, easy, you know. Um, but it's a process. And if you stick around. If you learn to suffer better, amen. You know, you know I'm talking to a sponsor this week, amen. and you know he's like, you know, suffer better. I love that. Yeah, he's 50 days sober, and he doesn't like anything. I'm love like, that. dude, you just got to learn to, because he wants to change everything. You know, and Mikey, I like what you said about you know changing people, places, and things, right? Um, that can work. I mean, if you're in a boiling, if you're a frog and in a boiling pot of water, get out, right? But you know, what, what I've learned and I've watched people do and so much of this I've learned, you know, not for, I just watch other people and I learn from them. They change people, places, and things. They don't change themselves. Amen. And, and they continue to have problems. And they, they can't figure out why. You know, I go from this home to this home. And then I'm still having problems. I go from that home to that home, that city, that job. That whatever, that relationship, and you're taking the same shitty self with you. You got to work Look, on yourself. And, and, and so in my journey, I was forced into um, uh, doing counseling by the court, by the grace of the court. And so... Um, the wisdom of the, the court. The wisdom of the court. <laughs> yes, thank you, Your Honor. God bless you. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, But again, I knew I was at my bottom I had a blackout DUI, could have killed somebody, mm. could have killed myself, didn't, recognized for what it was, scared the crap out of me, got in the rooms, and so then I started in therapy, and I embraced it as best I could. And so going through that for years and years, and I had bad brain fog, and I kept on having health issues, and I got to the point where six months ago, I was diagnosed with ADHD, and that was a monumental change in understanding my alcoholism because a ADHD is one of the most underdiagnosed uh, things in the world. But if you have it and you don't know it, you are almost doomed to be an alcoholic drug addict because you're mm. trying to medicate your brain. You're trying to slow your brain down because your brain won't stop. And there is, they are, in the statistics I've seen, there is over 40% of alcoholics have ADHD, whether they know it or whether they don't. It's a, that's, that's something that is huge in our culture and I don't think is being talked about enough and people realizing the signs and what it plays. And to tie it back around in my long-winded, is that it's about self-discovery. I had numerous weeping on the floor, letting go of forgiving myself for things mm. that I had done 
That's because powerful. they were not. I I I had a, a a disease that I did not know I had, and I was reacting on faulty information, and then trying to self medicate myself, and so I ended up where I was. But I understand through the process how people go through suicide, how you go to depression, and how it ends up there just trying to medicate yourself. It's a huge issue in our in our community. It absolutely is. I remember sitting on my back deck and telling my sister, my wonderful sister, who was by my side, and 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 we were talking about my drink problem, and I said, "No, there's something more. There's something more." Now at that time, I wasn't in counseling. And uh, and I got in and I, I began to realize how my body and brain and chemistry of my body and how things are different. And you're right. Just the knowledge of that. I said, OK, good. Then I'm not, you know, I, it's it's something I could manage now yeah. because I had to know I didn't know what I didn't know the diagnosis. So I know how to manage myself. Yeah. You know, I love what you said about faulty information and, you know, there was a period of time I worked with a lot of doctors and, and faulty diagnosis. Um, you know, and I, you know, Hey, you know, it, I, I blame a lot of them and I kind of, you know, wrongfully mock some of them, um, only because I put a lot of hope, you know, I mean, yeah. I was, I was really messed up. And at one time I had, you know, a panel of 10 doctors or so, eight, eight or 10 doctors at rush you know, I was sitting there almost like a deposition and they're staring at me and they're like, oh, we're going to figure out why you drink and we're going to get you to stop. And I had so much hope with that. And I was on like a 40-day, day, 45-day day hospital program. I mean, I drank through the whole thing. I mean, I just mocked them. I'm like, you guys are fools. Yeah. You guys are supposed to be professional. You have no clue. And it was amazing, the faulty diagnosis. And I mean, I had ADHD, OCD. I, I, I had all the letters, right. you know. And in fact, you know, the the one doctor, you know, actually used the S letter because I think it might be like, you know, schizophrenic. And guess what I was? I was an alcoholic. Alec. And I, I went into rehab in 2010 and I was on 11 major drugs, major, Seroquel, 1,200 milligrams. I mean, that would put a horse to sleep for a week. Um but yet I was still functioning and, and, you know, one drug would counteract the other. And, and I finally owned my sobriety and I said, you know what, I'm not going to drink and, and I'm not going to take these pills. I'm like, when I leave here in 30 days, I'm not taking any pill. You got to do whatever you have to do, titrate down, do whatever. And when I left, I was still in one pill because I was getting electrical impulses trying to get off it. it was, I'm, I'm just telling you, you know. It faulty information. I really like how, how you put that. Well, and it's it's discovering ourselves, yeah. right? And, and, and through my process, they started me treating depression because, right, we're all alcoholics, we're all depressed. Well, depression is comes from years and years and years for me. And so they tried to treat me with medication, which I fought for a long time. I took it, and it was okay, and it was fine, and it wasn't really anything. And then I... I uh, was transitioning and got to something else. And then finally my son was diagnosed with ADHD. And I said, well, Hey, some of these boxes Maybe. I click and, right, and right, I talked right. to and got through and ended up on one low dose of a medication because my anxiety, I was walking around every day at eight waking up and thinking that's the way everybody was. And then I have an episode, something pushes me over the edge and I'm at 12 and people are looking at me like, who the hell are you? 
you know? And so for me, having to know that, and now I know I have it, and I can adjust. And when I feel myself heading down that path, I can go, okay, we're heading down the path. Now let's right. see if we can put our coping skills in. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But I'm aware now where I haven't been before that what's happening in my own brain. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned depression, and, and I am very... I'm somewhat educated about depression and, and I get the, the brain chemical part of it. But for me, I was diagnosed all kinds of depression, major depressive disorder. I mean, I, I, I had all, all, all this, you know, GAD, general anxiety disorder. I had all the letters. But what I found for me is when I stopped swimming in the cesspool, I was less depressed. Well, I think anybody's depressed when they're swimming in the cesspool. And that's the whole thing is the doctors are (laughs) diagnosing an alcoholic who's in alcoholism, diagnosing all of the stuff you're manifesting and going, oh, there's another one. Let's figure out what that is. is What's he on today? Is it vodka today or is he on beer? Is he a little bit mellow or has he got some uppers? Is he smoking some pot? What's he doing? You know, yeah, I I mean, hey, I wasn't totally honest with the doctors either. I mean, I would go in a suit and it was almost like, like an ordering pad. Like I, I literally had one doctor one time. I mean, I would go in and I would put the suit on. I'd do some, you know, nice language and please, thank you. Very respectful, very polite. And I walked out of there with whatever I wanted. I I was my own doctor. I'd go on Google and I'm like, well, maybe I got this. I'll take this. I'll, I'll go in and ask for this. And I would describe my, my you know, condition, uh, my, my symptoms, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I started to live when I became honest. Amen. I, I really started to get out of that cesspool, and and you know, again, I mean, there, there's some folks that have real depression, real chemical imbalances, but for most people, for a lot of people, for some people, if you if you stop swimming in the cesspool, you're gonna start feeling better about yourself. You're be and less that's depressed. the first step is getting a, a baseline, yep. right? For anything you that's do, that's what as a I was, that's, you get a baseline. That's what I did. Is I. I had a reset. I had yeah. to find my baseline, and that's where I said, I'm going to stop taking every bit of this stuff and kind of find my baseline. And then what I found was I was an alcoholic. Yeah. And then, but you know, I think if you go to doctors, you know, I, I don't know, and I'm not going to mock doctors, but you know, they, they spend you know 12 years and $400,000 going to medical school, and, and to sit there across from me with all that training and say, CJ, you know, I think you're an alcoholic. I think you should go to AA. Yeah. You know, that's that's almost like, well, I'm not giving you money's worth, right? <laughs> but but right. at the end of the day, for me, that was the answer. And we also have a doctor, Doctor John, who's, you know, an, an addiction doctor. You know, spent and and he's in AA, and and he echoes kind of the same thing. You know, well, we're, look, we're very smart. And we know how to manipulate things. Oh we my learn gosh. it from. I love that. And M-word. so, if you get into with doctors, you do the same thing. And I, I've been there, you know. And so, I for the first time at 57, sat down with my doctor on my physical and was 100 percent honest with him about everything. And it's the first time yeah, in my right. life I've ever done that. And so that would and help him got, give you, a better. You probably got, you probably got some pretty good sound advice yeah, and direction go. from the doctor. You know, and so it's a process of learning yourself, figuring it out, knowing what your uh, dark places are and accepting them and going through some pain to come out the other side going, okay, I feel better. I cried for a bunch. Let me ask you guys something. I mean, does it at what point 
at what point of sobriety does that realization come come in? Can you can you rush it? I guess you know. Can the advice to the newcomer be you know get there or just be patient? You will get there. Be honest. Be Brutal honest. honesty takes time. To me, yeah, and you've got to want it. Uh, right. Realize that you're out of control. I mean, it's the the first step, right? I I can't do this, and, and and until you admit that, until you can get your ego to say, "Look, this is beyond me. I I need help." And if you can get right. there and say, "I want it, and I'll do it," and that I'll forgive myself, right? You got to forgive right. yourself because you've done a lot of crap, and then right. uh, and then be willing to figure yourself out. And that takes time. I mean, I had to go through my own depression. We all did. White knuckle it. Everybody has their own trying to you know i i was blessed by covid because um i i got a year and a half that i was completely separated from alcohol yeah you know and that was in fairly early sobriety two years into my sobriety so for me it was a blessing but i realized how many alcoholics in relationships probably were divorced because their significant yeah. other would have figured out why they were yeah, right. why they were the way they were yeah right 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 Exactly. Exactly. So let me ask you this question. Hey, Mike. Did you ever make? Hey, yeah. Hey, hey let me just jump in and and that I'm I'm thinking on that question, right? Um, you know, can can we speed this up? You know, it reminds me of you know I've CJ. I've got a daughter. She's 17, rock star, and she likes to bake, right? And and when when she bakes, she pulls out a recipe, and and if the recipe says bake the cake for 40 minutes, she bakes it for 40 minutes. And and there was one time she tried to rush something, and it didn't turn out. I mean, if you if it says forty minutes and you want the cake in twenty, you're not going to have a very good cake, right? So you know, I just have a sponsee, you know, who who owns his own world and he driver, 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 and he's like, I want to do one step a week and and be done with. It. And, and I'm like, okay, I understand. I said, but some of this, you, you need time to resonate, right? You need time to for your brain to. You know, I think. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I know the original guys did the 12 steps in one day or a weekend or whatever. I, I get it. But I've seen people try to rush, and they don't like the result. But, you know, right. let me go back to that, them doing it in a day. How thorough was that? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, agree. we right. don't know. I, and, to and, CJ, I was just going to go there. Fearless and thorough. And and right? and they also, I would argue, dedicated the rest of their lives to continuing to apply those things. So it might have been one day of a quick, hey, let me do the process and get through it, and I'm not faulting them. But I'm just saying I've had people that have been like that too. It took me a year and a half, I think, maybe, something to get through the steps. And I had a guy saying, I did them in, in 30 days, like he was all proud of it. And I was no. like, okay, great for you, but I need to process this. I need to go through. I need to work. I need to be honest with my fourth step. I need to. Fearless and thorough. Right. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And I think if you're fearless and thorough, it takes time. Amen. And well, and to you, be honest, it's hard yeah. to do that. It's hard to look at all your faults. Come on. Nobody said it's easy. So right. you could do a couple a day and then you got to go, you know what? I, I had enough. And I really <laughs> think, I think part of the time is sitting in those rooms, sitting in those meetings, seeing it work for somebody else. Amen. Because then it gives you the courage, it gives you the, you know, the, the motivation to open up and do a better job. I think. Yeah, I agree. So I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. 100%. CJ, yeah. CJ, did you make it back to Michigan? Uh, oddly enough, this 
twisted story. Uh, of a good friend of mine who's a chef for years is facing some health crisis. They're doing a fundraiser, and so uh, yesterday I got a text from an old friend of mine saying, "We're doing a fundraiser. Uh, I need your help. Can you make it?" And I said yes. Boom. And I have Love no that. idea how it's going to happen. And we're going through trying times right now. And um, but I did it, and somehow I'll make it. And somebody will pick me up, and I'll take the train, and it'll work. And the blessing that AA has been for me is I have learned over and over again that if you just keep moving and forgive yourself and let go of it as best you can and however you have to do that that it will come around there is grace and sometimes it can take a hundred feet to get there and sometimes it can take 10 miles but if you keep forgiving yourself keep working and so yes i am uh going back and uh and Everything works well. If I wouldn't have done this wine list, the same thing would have happened. I don't know what I would have done. In all honesty, I don't know. I don't know if I would have went. I I don't know. I, how are you feeling about it? Are you feeling anxious? Good. Or? I'm I'm emotional. I can't think about it because I'll instantly start crying. And I've told people that I am now have turned into a weeper. And so you will see me, and there will probably be a lot of tears. But I'm okay, and I'm not a bad way. But I've just learned to feel my emotions and let them out instead of. Uh, uh, suppressing him, but I'm looking immensely forward to it. Obviously, other than seeing a sick uh, friend in that, but I'm looking forward to some healing. And I love taking the train into Michigan. I've done it for years. It's a hoot. So best wishes, man. Oh, that's great. I appreciate you. You yeah, guys do great, great work. Awesome. I've I've listened to you. Good for you. And I I wish all the best to you. Continue to you. It's a pleasure to meet you, sort of in person too, man. Sobriety yeah. rolls yeah, on, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? And in its time, in its time, in its time. Thank you so much, yep. CJ, for being here this morning, man. Thanks Pleasure. for joining us, Chief. Great stuff. All right, see, see you, Mikey. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is eight hundred eight three nine one six eight six. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.